Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Hi there, thanks for joining me for this week. Before we get to my discussion with Tomas, I just wanted to mention very briefly that the sound quality on my end this week and for next week's episode isn't the best. Now the reason is that apparently Skype updated and changed the audio settings and I wasn't aware of this until just now. And so I sound like I'm speaking through speakers and you can still hear me, but the sound quality isn't the best and I'm aware of that. Now, I believe the issue has been fixed. So from next week, the sound should be better. So apologies for that. Now, thankfully, we can still hear Thomas perfectly and we can still hear next week's guest uh, very well as, uh, also. So uh, apologies for that, but I hope you still enjoy the episode. Now, before we get to the discussion as well, I just want to mention very briefly that the Nariscope conference uh, registration is now open for this conference. Uh, so this is a bit like the Adventure X Con in London every November. So this is a conference for adventure games and interactive fiction and narrative games, which is going to be in Boston, in MIT, Cambridge. So this is from the 14th to the 16th of June, and you can register at narrowscope.org. So uh, the link will be in the show notes. Okay, so here is my discussion with Tomas. Thank you very much for joining me today on episode 7 of the Adventure Games podcast. I am here today again with Tomas Bex. Uh, how are you, Tomas? Hey, how are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Uh, now, we are going to be discussing some games that myself and Thomas are playing or have played recently, and we'll be reviewing them in more detail. And we'll also be looking ahead to quarter one of 2019, where we'll be choosing some, we'll be talking about some games that are about to be released for the first quarter and what we think about them and you know what our impressions are. We haven't played those games yet, but we'll be speaking in a little bit more detail about those games. So uh, we can start with you, Tomas, if you want. So I believe you mentioned in the last episode that you want to speak about the game She and the Lightbearer. Is that correct? Yeah, that's been um, the, the latest game that I uh, finished. And mm-hmm. um, it's one of those games that is a combination of a visual novel and an adventure game. It is made by Mojican Studios by uh, Bridget Rina, which is a studio in Indonesia, and it's published by Toji Productions, also from Indonesia. They themselves describe the game as a blend of a music album and adventure game that borrows its aesthetic from storybook and fairy tales. The game puts emphasis on the art, poem, dialogue, and music to deliver a story about forest and mother. Um, And I must say that description is pretty spot on. Um, it, it got a, a good feel uh, about a, a fairy tale. It's, it starts with a group of kids. They have to do a task and they don't want to do the task. So their grandmother chides them uh, for that. And 
instead of punishing them, she decides to tell a story. And that's the story about she and the light bearer. And the light bearer is a firefly. And the firefly is trying to find a mother in the forest to save the world. And the whole game reminded me a bit of, of like these old fashioned pop-up books. Do you, do you remember those? Yes, I do indeed. Uh, yeah. There's a sort of, yes, yes, oh, very interesting. That's, and, that uh, sounds unique. Yeah, it, it, it's a very, um, very unique style. And it also reminded me a bit of uh, stories like The NeverEnding Story, uh, where you have this fantasy world, but there is a darkness coming. And you see this in this game as well. Uh, the light bearer, the, the, the little firefly, is trying to get to find the mother, but there is a, lit a literal darkness on his tail. And he, he has to fulfill several quests and several uh, things to be able to get to the place where he thinks mother is hidden to finish the story. And it's a very sweet tale. I could definitely recommend it uh, playing uh, also for kids. It's, it's, I mean, there is some darkness in there, but it's not like, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's like uh, w when uh, people get eaten by a wolf and then uh, they survive, you know, like in the old fairy tale. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so like Red Riding Hood or something like that. But Yeah, uh, exactly. So is it aimed mainly at kids or is it, can it be enjoyed by adults as well? It can definitely be enjoyed by anyone. The music is, is very, very beautiful. Um, it is a very poetic game. So I think uh, lots of different people will get different things from it. Uh, the, the characters are very quirky and unique. Um, there is, I had a hard time pointing... Uh, of uh, trying to pin down what exactly the influences are there was there was some asian influences asian mythology also got a bit of a south american vibe but since the uh, the, the studio who created this is, is in indonesia i assume that will also play into it but that gives it a um, a more worldly uh, feeling and i really like that sure yeah that sounds sounds very original anyway and uh, yeah it's, definitely it's, and then with the, with the gameplay do you think that uh, the puzzles maybe are they on the easy side or the more challenging side or does it focus more on story it is definitely focused on story and the puzzles are part of the wisdom that the firefly needs to learn so he can continue so it is all very very story driven it's it's not like uh, uh, it took me i think four to five hours to complete and it all it you, you just you just keep going forward. The, the puzzles are not that challenging, but they don't need to be challenging. They need to drive the story forward. Sure, yeah. So you, so you shouldn't get stuck. So, so would, you, would you say that this would be a good game maybe to introduce kids to adventure games or, uh, you know, if, if there are parents oh, yeah. out there, yeah, so they could play with their children and, and oh, enjoy definitely. the game. Okay, yeah. and how, how, how long did it take you to play the game? Uh, well, it, it took me uh, like between four and five hours. I'm, of course, an experienced adventure mm -hmm. gamer. So, mm -hmm. uh, And as I said, puzzles are not that difficult. And it's more of an experience of, of this, this mythology of this world, of this, of this poetry, uh, of this art. So uh, it's not like you're going to deep dive into, um, into a thing like Monkey Island or something. Sure, yeah. <laughs> It's it's a different it's got a totally different feel and aesthetic, but it's um it's quite unique in that way. Okay. And is there any voice acting at all in the game? Or is it all just reading? There is well, I wouldn't call it voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> they are talking uh, some kind of language. I have no idea if it's an actual language or if it, or if it's just gibberish. 
but right. uh, there, there is some some acting. Let me put yeah, there is voice acting, but uh, it's not like um, uh, like unavowed or Lamplight City or have, <laughs> uh, have that kind of stuff. No, it's it's its own thing. Okay, no, I'm looking forward to to checking it out. Then, so if it's four or five hours of people want to spend uh, playing a game, then you'd recommend this game. Then, yeah, so you'd recommend it to any adventure game player then? Yeah, if uh, if you check out the trailer of, or if you check out the uh, the artwork and you feel that it, it appeals to you, then you'll have a lot of fun with this game. Sure, yeah. Do you know where people can, can buy it? Is it on Steam or GOG or... Yeah, it is. Uh, it is on Steam, as far as I could. Uh, uh, I, I got it on Steam. I think it's also on uh, on GOG, but I'm not sure. I'll, I'll have to check that out. Okay, but it's, def- yeah, no it's definitely on Steam. Okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for that, then, Thomas. So, uh, well, the the game that I want to talk briefly about is very different, shall we say? It's uh, certainly not for kids. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a game <laughs> called From From Beyond Prologue. So it is. Um, Lovecraftian inspired game. It is uh, so the story is it's the winter of 1910. You play as Professor Crawford Tillinghast, who is in Bradford University where he's working and he's just going through some old documents and he discovers some documents about this medieval type village in the mountains of Europe. And he reads that the, the villagers that they're Using the, they're doing experiments using the power of channeled thoughts, and that there is a temple there, and that there are some bizarre creatures that have been sighted there. So he, of course, so of course it's Lovecraft, and he's very, he's very interested then. So he decides to mount an expedition on his own because his his colleagues they don't take him seriously. They they think it's a waste of time and money. So he goes expecting to find these people in the mountains of Europe, but he finds an empty village. So in that kind, in that sense, it reminded me a little bit of Return of the Obra Dinn, not necessarily in terms of gameplay, which we'll talk about now, but in terms of you go to a place, a location which is empty, and you have to find out why. So you have to retrace the steps of the villagers and find out what happened to them. And it's find out the story. So the story is shrouded in, you know, myths and rumors of a bygone era. And also there is this temple. So you go there to village. It's medieval style. There's no modern machinery or anything. There's some small huts there. And you don't find any living inhabitants apart from some hungry wolves who you have to deal with. But then in the middle of the village, oh. you, you, de- you see this temple, this huge blue temple, which certainly looks really out of place. So the main goal of the game is you have to find a way into the temple because the doors are locked and there's no way no way past. So you, you need to explore the village, find out what happened to the villagers, and then see if you can find a way in and find out you know, what is going on. Uh, now, one thing that really interested me about this game is that it wears its inspirations on its sleeve it is very much like the old 1980s adventure games, you know, the Infocom or Icom games. So like yeah. uh, Shadowgate uh, says it's an inspiration. Now, I, I did not grow up playing those games. So I, I admit I was a little bit concerned if I would, you know, how I would find this game. But I'm very happy to say that as well as appealing to 
people who maybe grew up playing those games. The developer, which is Sucker Free Games, and the developer himself is William A. MacDonald, who I believe made the game in his free time. He has done everything he could to also make it appeal to people like myself who didn't grow up playing those games. So the, the gameplay, for those who haven't played it, is it's kind of like, like a little bit of a book as well. So on the top left, so on the left, you have the, the screen, so the graphics, so where, where you are. On the right, you have the inventory. And then below, you have the text, the paragraph describing the scene and where you are. Now, you can also click, and then you can uh, click on, there is a type of compass, and you can click on kind of squares on the compass, which will bring you to the, that's kind of like a map. And then uh, you also have... Uh, the interface. So again, like the SCUM interface, look, use, talk, that kind of thing as well. So it's 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 easy to to play in that sense. It's it is intuitive. Uh, so you you investigate the village that way, and it was very mm -hmm. interesting because I was uh, the writing is very good. The story is is engaging. You want to know what happens. You're always pulled along that something is not quite right about the village. So as well as a nostalgia factor for people who grew up playing those games, for people like me as well, I wanted to know what happened to the villagers, why it's empty, and you meet... There, there is one one kind of crazy guy who pops up from time to time who scared the crap out of me whenever he you know, <laughs> <laughs> turned up and who just speaks kind of uh, gibberish, but then he to find out what he's doing, and then the, the sound design is also good as well. So the sound effects are, are like those... You know those games that were made, and then the 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 graphics as well are, are again they're they're like the eight bit NES games or the, the Commodore games, but kind of like they're they're good, so they're they do draw inspiration from them, but they're lit they're a bit bit better than than what those games were. Uh, now it is a little bit on the short side. It took me about three hours to play. Now a lot of that time I was stuck on puzzles. There is a bit of pixel hunting. Uh, so that was why wow. I took a long time trying to find an object, and I eventually found it. I was eventually able to get through. Now, other players have said it took them between an hour and an hour and a half to play, but it 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 was you know it was still very good. So it's 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 not expensive. It cost me about three euros, so you know whatever how much that is in dollars, and I did enjoy it. Now the music overall is good, but. If there is a, if there are more games in the series, uh, I would like maybe it's more varied music. Now it's it's still good, but it can get a little, little tiny bit repetitive. I guess not not a huge issue at all, but that's something I would like to see. And maybe less pixel hunting if possible. Right. And um, and maybe of course uh, to be maybe a little bit longer. Now it does say prologue in the title. So, but but yeah, definitely. If you are into you know horror and Lovecraft and you know Cthulhu, and if you are definitely if you did grow up playing these types of games in the nineteen eighties, these type of mixture of text and graphic adventures, I definitely say to give it a try. But even if you are like me, you haven't played these games, I would say don't be concerned because I was concerned before I played the game. You know what would I be able for it? And it doesn't exactly handhold you. All the way through, but you do have clues. You know you, the puzzles; they, they are for the most part logical. And uh, the developer himself, William A. Macdonald, I have seen him 
on the Steam forums where he has been helping people. So again, if you're stuck, you can always reach out in the forums and he or somebody should be <laughs> able to, to help you, know, give you a nudge. So um, I really recommend it. I hope more people can check it out and see it because I hope there'll be more games. I'll gladly play more games in the series. If there are sequels, I hope that there will be uh, more games in the series because it's uh, certainly very impressive first game from William A. McDonald. So the game, again, is From Beyond Prologue, and it is available on Steam. I don't think it's available on GOG, but it's available on Steam for about €3. Euros. Uh, so it's not, not, not expensive, and it's not too long. So if you're wanting to play over maybe a weekend or some Sunday or something, and I overall really enjoyed it. So, uh, so yeah. So I believe you, before we go on to 2019 quarter one, I believe there was another game you wanted to talk about briefly. Yeah, I, I recently started a game that came out in January. It's called uh, Mage's Initiation, The Reign of the Elements. And it is basically Quest for Glory, but uh, with a different subject. It is a mix of RPG with adventure game. And I'm really liking it so far. It is quite challenging, um, as in, uh, yeah, the way uh, Quest for Glory also was challenging. There, are, there is, there is some, there is some combat in there that is a real-time combat. So you walk around with a keyboard and you're trying to fire, in my case, uh, ice missiles at a at a goblin, and uh, <laughs> you're developing your skills that way. You you earn XP with which you grow your character, and all the all the while you are doing point-and-click stuff. You know, you you're trying to find ingredients for potions. You're trying to you have to fulfill your initiation. So you have three tasks, and the first task is uh, you have to get to an island. And to get to that island, I needed to build a raft. And to get to build that raft, I needed to get some planks and, and stuff like that. So when I finally got that raft and, and tried to sail to the island, it was obviously not very straightforward. So I had to follow um, this. Um, I had to go like north or south according to a poem. Uh, so I first had to figure out what exactly it was. And when I reached the island, there was nothing there. So it apparently, but there should be something there because I saw it from a uh, telescope. So now I need to find a potion that can break a spell of illusion. So that's the way you you continue uh, uh, continue on this on this game, and it's um, I, I'm really enjoying it so far. Okay, and how how much of it have you played so far? Would you say? How many hours? You mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah. How, how many hours have you played so far? Um, I think like eight. Eight. Okay. Eight and nine. And and there's still a bit left to go then. Oh yeah, I'm 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 really at the beginning. I haven't even finished the first trial yet. And uh, the fun the fun thing is, uh, you pick the kind of mage you want to be, and you have four choices: um, earth, fire, water, and air. And I chose a water. And it's like in the old Ultima games, they ask you a mm-hmm. series of questions, and the answer to those questions will determine what kind of mage you will be. So I chose a very um, on the on the very positive sides, so like helping people and stuff like that. So I became a water mage. Um, I assume that if I become, if I choose very negative, yeah, between brackets, negative choices, like being very selfish, I have a feeling that I will become a fire mage. So you could technically have four ways of playing this game because you have four different kinds of mages. Okay, so there will be... A lot of replayability then you can go back and replay as different types of mages then i think so yeah that's the impression i get uh, thus far yeah okay 
And uh, so the, the, the graphics then, uh, you mentioned Quest for Glory. Are they similar to Quest for Glory or have they been updated for a modern audience? Oh, it is, uh, it is, it is the pixel, uh, the pixel style, and I, uh, I really like that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it looks like hand, hand-drawn uh, animation, uh, hand-drawn uh, backgrounds, uh, compared with, um, uh, combined with pixel art, and it looks really good. I, I, I love these kind of games. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, no, Mitsu sounds quite up my alley as well. And then, is there any voice acting as well, or again, is it, uh, it's a, just just reading then, like the, I think the Quest for Glory games, perhaps from Quest for Glory Four. Had, no, there's a lot what? of uh, there's a lot of acting here, a lot of voice oh. acting here. Okay, well, and um, and then you mentioned that it's that you were fighting, you know, a, a goblin. For people again like myself who might not like uh, combat, do you know if there is a um, uh, just an adventure mode. Yeah, they, they have a story mode where uh, it's basically the easiest way, and uh, you can pick uh, the difficulty of combat here. So if you do not like okay. combat that much, and I also don't like combat that much in an adventure game, uh, I love it in role playing games. I have no play, I have no problem with that. But since this is a role playing game hybrid, uh, adventure game hybrid, you get to choose how difficult, how challenging you want the combat to be, and also you have the possibility of practicing in the mage's tower. There is a training hall, and you can address the uh, the mage there, and uh, you can practice your uh, spell casting and walking around. And yeah, that's uh, that's a good addition. So you, you you don't die immediately. The game auto saves when you're in danger. So okay. uh, if you if you don't uh, if you don't survive, then you can get back to your auto save. But I would recommend saving uh, plenty of times. Sure, yes, yeah. S- save often as uh, the, the mantra goes for yes. adventure gamers. Absolutely. Uh, okay, and then the fi- the final question I can have I have about this game then is how would you say it compares to the Quest for Glory games? So I, d- I believe you have played the Quest for Glory games, or how how do you think it compares so far? I know that you haven't finished it yet, but so far, do you think it's as good as Quest for Glory games? Or I def I definitely got the same vibe from it. Um, they have an intriguing story, uh, of which I've only seen the top, of course, the tip sure. of the iceberg. Um, I have finished Quest for Glory one, and I've, uh, if I remember correctly, I've played Quest for Glory two and three, but I don't. I'm not sure if I ever finished them, but I will return to them uh, in the future. And this gave me the same, uh, the same feeling. So I would definitely uh, put it on the right now on the same, uh, on the same level. Uh, well, that that sounds good. Uh, I'm looking forward to checking that out myself. So. Um... So that's uh, the, the game again. Uh, is Mage's Initiation: Reign of the Elements? And where where did you buy the game? Where can people buy the game? Uh, I think you can buy it both on Steam and GOG. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah. So thank you very much for that. And okay, so now the next section of this episode will be looking ahead to quarter one, 2019, and what games we're looking forward to. Now, a few disclaimers before before we start. Uh, first of all time recording a time this episode goes up it will be already be march so basically looking ahead to march <laughs> uh see which games will be released there uh now i don't believe we uh, at least i haven't played these games yet uh, and i believe you haven't played these games yet either tomas am i correct no so most of the games i'm looking forward to have not come out yet so okay yeah, yeah. so we, we haven't played these games yet so they're games that look very interesting to us or we wanted to discuss and Give a shout out to now. 
it's uh, we also couldn't choose all the games because there are quite a large number of games coming out. First of all, this year and even in quarter one. So we tried to get it down to at least you know maybe five or six or seven or so. If we don't mention the game, that doesn't mean we're not looking forward to it. That just means that maybe we missed it or maybe we just couldn't talk because we have other games, some other games to talk about. So don't worry if we don't mention the game because. It doesn't mean we're not looking forward to it. I just want to get that out. It it could also be just not on our radar yet because I when I was looking yeah when I was looking at uh, at the calendar today, um, I saw games that weren't on there a week ago. So (laughs) yes, that's that's another thing because the the release dates may and probably will change. Uh, There are two games that I was going to talk about, but I had to take them off my list. They were thinking again. Cthulhu-inspired game, The Sinking City and Gibus a Cthulhu Adventure. The Sinking City was supposed to be released on the 21st of March, but now they're just, they just say they'll be released in 2019, so they're still working on, on the game. Mm-hmm. And I believe Gibus was supposed to be released in March, but they're still taking more time uh, working on the game as well. So uh, now some games might just pop up that uh, we don't, don't know about, that they might just pop up at the end of March or... Yes. Uh, so as as you mentioned, it might not simply be on our radar. That there's some. As we mentioned last episode, that we were on the the Oprah Din, which just came out of nowhere. <laughs> so um, yeah, but I I I prefer them to take longer and exactly. finish the game properly than to rush it out and have bugs or whatever. I mean, these games do not um, have the the amount of expectation that that certain other AAA games have so I much prefer them to take their time and release it when it's ready when they feel that it's ready I'm willing to wait for that oh exactly I completely agree you know the two games that I mentioned I would much rather they take as long as necessary you know whether even if you know if it's a few months or a year or whatever to make sure that the games are as good as they can make it okay so we can start then, so if you want, I will mention the first game because it, well, it is out now, actually. So I've chosen five games in total that I'm looking forward to coming out in March. The first game that I wanted to talk a little bit about is a game called The Occupation by White Paper Games. And it is out now at the time that this episode will be out. So for those who haven't Heard about this game? It is a fixed-time first-person investigative thriller. It's set in Northwest England on Saturday, 24th of October, 1987. And so, so yeah. Now, at first glance, this seems to be the type of game that I'd be interested in because I I love games just based either on real events or set in real locations or you know political games or you know games based on real stories, just something like that. I mean, I love fantasy games as well, but uh, games like this really pique my interest. So it is. So you roll. You play as a journalist, and you need to uncover uh, evidence by going through restricted areas, and then you question people on their actions through a series of one-on-one interviews. Now, the thing about this game is that you have a fixed time, and you decide how you play the game. So from what I can see, it's an open-world type of game, and there are many different paths through the game. It's non-linear, and objectives can be solved with multiple approaches. And uh, the developers have said that uh, the narrative is what drives the game as well. So they said that 
you need to some of the things you need to do you need to well trespass you know you need to uh, go into areas which maybe you shouldn't go in to find out what's happening you need to break into secure locations and hack four digit codes and now the thing about this game that uh, might you know sell it is the fact that time is a big thing in this game that I believe the game goes in real time. So every so every minute in the game is a real-world minute. So you know how oh. in adventure games, usually you can relax. Certainly not so in this game. Now, I'm not really sure about this because I usually like to relax when I play adventure games and take my time. Uh, but I believe from this might be like the, what's it, the, the Last Express, I believe, the, the game is where it's set on the train. And I haven't played that game. But I know some people love that game, others not so much. So I'm kind of curious about how they incorporate this, how they do this, and if it works. And so you have a watch in the game, and it's used to set alarms and timers to keep uh, track of important objectives. So as I mentioned, such as time delayed safe. So you don't need to be hanging around for things to happen in the game. And uh, so that is probably the main thing about the game. And as I mentioned, so it's an open world. You can go back and replay the game. So if you don't succeed at first, you can go back and do things differently. And it's it's got to believe positive reviews from from when it has been released. And now I do believe that at the time of release, at the first version, some people have mentioned that there were some bugs uh, in the game. Now other people have said that they had no issues. So uh, maybe just a case that they might need to release a patch for these folks. Now, I suppose it shouldn't. Maybe since the game is so non-linear, that it might, you know, it might be not so surprising that there might be some bugs. But uh, I think overall it looks good. It looks very interesting, and when I get a chance, I look forward to trying it out. And just uh, because I, I don't think there are enough games where you're a journalist, because I think it's a journalist. If you're a journalist, it can be ideal for an adventure game where you investigate things that are happening and just try to, you know, find the big break. Uh, so that game is The Occupation. It is by White Paper Games, and it's available on Steam and GOG. Uh, so now the links to the game's websites will be on the show notes. So, um, but, but yeah. So, uh, Thomas, you have a, a game that you'd like to talk about? Yes, I I found here a game called Truberbrook. Oh yeah, Truber Truberbrook. Uh, it's the name of a, a city in, uh, in in Germany, uh, a village. Um, in this game, you play a young American physicist called Tannhauser. Takes place in the 1960s, and uh, this physicist arrives in the village of Truberbrook, which is a beautiful uh, but a bit aging health resort in uh, on the countryside of West Germany. And he's trying to uh, overcome a mental block while he's working on his PhD. And he discovers there is something going on in this village. And um, according to the uh, website, this will gradually evolve into a puzzling sci-fi mystery. And one of the reasons, well, besides that being an intriguing setup, uh, one of the reasons I picked this game is because of the uh, the art style. Um, this looks like a stop-motion adventure game. If you yes, uh, yes. catch my well, drift, I've I seen it. it. It looked very different to any other game I've seen. Yes, and um, this makes it one of my most anticipated games of this year because if they can deliver on the promise, 
this could be an instant classic. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to playing this. It will be available on Linux, Macs, uh, Mac, PC, PlayStation 4, Switch, and Xbox One. It releases next week on March 12th, and the developer is BTF. So uh, one more week, and uh, and we will know um, what we're up again, what we're up with here. Yeah, no, it, I think it's on a lot of people's uh, radar from what I've seen. A lot of people seem to be looking forward to it. I know I am. I've, I've seen the game. It, and again, it seems very different. You know, it's a sci-fi in 1960s Germany. <laughs> and I'm like, already I'm in. I'm sold <laughs> on that alone. Oh, yeah. but, but with, as yeah. you say, with the graphics, if you get a chance to to, to see the graphics, uh, it's, it's, I know it's hard on a podcast to describe, but it, it does look very, very different it looks it looks very interesting and uh, yeah I, I can't wait till next week it, it will be out yeah i believe to say it's handmade miniature scenery so yes uh, so yeah and it's full voice acting in both english and german oh so, <laughs> uh, yeah so it's i might have I, to play it in german then yeah <laughs> Dude, if, if i could um, if i could understand german <laughs> but I think I stick with English, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I believe it was funded on Kickstarter, and it will be out next week. So, and on, on the yes. Steam page, actually, it goes into the videos on how to yes, handcrafted scenery, as you mentioned, and they they show how they made, which is well now I'm even more interested. So, okay, thank you very much. So that was Trooper Trooper Duck. It's not Trooper Brook, a nerd saves the world. Probably not the easiest. Trooper Trooper Brook. Okay, yeah, you have a better pronunciation than I do. So, <laughs> uh, so okay, so uh, what, what do you have? Uh... So the next game I want to talk about is Don't Escape: Four Days in a Wasteland. So I think we have serious games <laughs> so far. Uh, so this is a game. It's uh, where you will have to survive through four days at the end of the world in this post-apocalyptic point-and-click thriller where your choices could keep you alive or not. So in this game, there, so you have to play alongside a character called David, who is a lone survivor after the end of the world, and he finds himself having prophetic dreams or nightmares. And each chapter of the game has multiple potential variations to encounter. So you could come up against a poisonous fog or spiders or a gang of murderous thugs or a deadly heat wave. And as a result, you'll need to change your strategy on different playthroughs. So again, there's seems to be multiple choice. You can play, uh, to play the game different ways and make different choices on how you play the game. But again, <laughs> there seems to be... Uh, there seems to be uh, happening you know like the previous game certain actions advancing in-game clock and you need to complete your preparations to hopefully stay alive before nightfall now unlike the occupation i don't believe the time is real time so i believe you have more time so i believe as you perform some actions in the game the time will advance and uh, so you have to survive for four days and i believe you play with different companion so the developers have said that there are logical puzzles and exploration to challenge players without frustrating them they have uh, original music score and multiple variations for each chapter now it's already been nominated won several awards i believe it came third in 
Best Indie Game with Digital Dragons and won Best Story for Pixel Heaven in 2017. And it was a finalist in Indie Prize London 2018 and nominee for Best Polish Game in Poznan Game Arena 2017. So it is out on 11th of March 2019. The developer is Script Welder. And again, the, the graphics are you know retro again to 2d it looks detailed and i don't believe there is voice acting on this but uh but yeah no it looks again right up my alley it's don't escape four days in a wasteland and uh, script weather have made uh, i believe free browser games um popular horror series deep sleep and don't escape so this is their first commercial game i believe so it looks it looks interesting. I would encourage people to to check it out. Did uh, you did you say this was from a Polish company? I believe so. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's nom- nominated for best Polish game in 2017. Okay, that yeah, okay, that would make sense then. Um, <laughs> there is there is a lot of interesting stuff coming out of Eastern Europe nowadays. Yeah, uh, I, I like it because it's it takes us to places that we've not seen before it takes us to new mythologies to new stories uh, so uh, i i love how um how the adventure world is also expanding beyond fantasy and uh american things definitely it's, it's uh eastern europe and i believe there's some scandinavian inspired games uh, coming out as well over the next year or two yeah. which is really interesting to using that mythology as well and uh, you yeah, know Anything that's different as well that expands on, uh, you know, what we're used to, uh, I, I, I'm all for it. So, uh, so yes, but absolutely. Game, game, again, is don't escape uh, four days in a wasteland. So, uh, you have another game that you'd like to talk about? Yes, yes, I have, I have two this time. Um, two okay. cyberpunk games. Okay. I had a third as well, but Neo Few Two has been, I think, a bit delayed, but it's still. Uh, Uh, scheduled to come out in 2019 so i will save that one for later but now i have uh, tales of the neon sea by palm pioneer which comes out in there's not a specific date but it comes out in the first quarter so like i think this month or next month um which is a a side scrolling retro style cyberpunk mystery uh Mm. from china and um it it is it it has very old school uh graphics um but um in a new school style so it's, it's neon it's everywhere it's really cyberpunky and um i like the fact that it's side scrolling in this case um so I'm, I'm i'm curious how that translates to uh an adventure game because side scrolling is of course a staple in many platform games but you don't see that many side scrolling adventure games so that uh, i'm curious how that works and the other cyberpunk game that's coming out in the first quarter of 2019 is virtualverse by theta division games and a pub released by blood music um that is really uh, really full-on cyberpunk blade runner-esque uh, mm. pix- pixel um pixel art uh, which i'm a massive fan of um this is described as um, in a future not so far away where one AI has prevailed, governments have become obsolete, the society is migrating to a permanently augmented world managed by a global neural network. That sounds very dystopian. <laughs> it could be dystopian, it could be present day. It could be. <laughs> and yeah. uh, oh, that's that very interesting. So two, so two uh, cyberpunk kind of games 
Uh, so the games again are Tales of the Neon Sea and Virtualverse. So you mentioned that the Tales of the Neon Sea had side-scrolling elements. So this, it's not that common adventure game, but I believe more developers are beginning to use this. Uh, for the last game I reviewed, Rainswept had this, which was side-scrolling kind of game as well, but it's definitely an adventure game. And I believe there were one or two other games that were released in 2018. I don't know the names off the top of my head, but no, definitely those two games look very, very interesting, and I'm really curious to see how they turn out. So again, those are Tales of the Neon Sea and Virtualverse. And okay, so kind of different, the game that I want to talk about now that really intrigues me is a game called TikTok. The full name is TikTok, a tale for two. Yes, so in this game, you, you and your friend are trapped in a mystical world. And as time ebbs away, you must solve increasingly complex puzzles to escape. So the developers have said that, again, it's narrative-driven, so you discover a deep story and atmosphere. It's inspired by Scandinavian fairy tales. I knew I knew I'd come across Scandinavian somewhere, so this is inspired cool. by Scandinavian fairy, fairy tales while entering a hand-drawn world. You explore different locations in an eerie village. You are trapped in an eerie world created by skillful clockmaker Amelie Raven, and your mission is to escape. And now the thing about this game that makes it different to any other game that I've heard about is it's a co-op game. So it can only be played by two players at the same time. So you need to solve wow. puzzles together. So you only get the full picture with two screens, with two people at the same time. That is and very interesting. Definitely. So you can play on two devices, local or remotely. All you need is a voice connection. So... Now, it interests me because adventure games are usually solitary experiences. We usually play them by ourselves, unless we're streaming them or unless we're playing with other people looking at the same screen. But I, th I think a lot of times it, you know, it mightn't work. You know, like if, if one person is just watching you play, uh, it might not be that interesting for the other person, even though two people can uh, work on a puzzle together. But in this game, so you have two different... Uh, you can want my, you can also work uh, cross platform cross platform play, so one person could play a Nintendo Switch, the other person could play on a PC, and you play the game together. Really? Uh, yeah, and you can also play on iOS, Android, or Mac. So it's uh, it's up to you. So and you can play on two PCs or with your Switch and iPad. There aren't too many co-op games. I know years ago there was a Myth game, Uru Online, and then there was a few years ago Brothers, I think a game where two people play at the same time. But this, I think, is really, really going for So I, from what I've seen, I believe it could be the most successful co-op adventure game uh, there is. Um, so the story, the graphics look very intriguing as well. They seem to be kind of, you know, black and white from what I can see. And they also have a Discord channel where people can talk to each other there and get help there as well. So this is something I'm really intrigued. So if you ever want to play with friends or get friends involved in adventure games, you can uh, show them this game and see if you can play together. Now, my one concern is uh, if, I, if I play with somebody who's good at adventure games, that <laughs> I'm scared that I might suck and I might be holding them back. But <laughs> but, um, but it's, it looks really, really good. And it's also one 
several awards, uh, PAX 10 2018 official selection, Believable Nordic Game nominee 2017, and Indicade Euro 2017 official selection. So it's been nominated for different awards already. And so that game is by Other Tales Interactive. And it should be out now, uh, by the time this episode is released, so on 7th of March 2019. So I'm really curious to see how this game does. I really hope it's good. I really hope it's success- successful. And you never know, you might get more games like this. Uh, so that game, again, is TikTok, A Tale for Two. Interesting. Uh, so, so yeah, so we could be playing that game together sometime. You never know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, definitely have to try it out. Do you need to own, both own the game, or can you invite someone else to play on your game? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I will have to check it out. I believe that both people need to own the game, I think. But I'm not entirely okay. sure. So, yeah. But uh, no, I, I can ask in the Discord and see for the next episode. But I imagine both people need to to own the game. You know, at the end of the day, developers want to make money. <laughs> but um, well, with with a way out, you didn't. You only need oh, really? one copy. So yeah, you could invite oh. someone else to play on your game. So you okay. I, I haven't played a way out, so I'm not sure how how it would work. But maybe another game need to try it. From what I heard about that game, you need to escape from a prison or something. Is that a way out? Yes. Is that Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that game that I've mentioned is TikTok, A Tale for Two. So do you have any other games you'd like to discuss? Yes. My next one is uh, Within Whispers, The Fall by Thorium Studios and released in March by Thorium Studios. And this one um, is a part one in a four-part episodic series where you follow Asuka, which, who is a brave young woman dealing with her brother's disappearance on the battlefields of the Great War, that is World War One. Trapped in the horrors of the war, she can see and communicate with ghosts of dead soldiers. While struggling with, her, with this unusual gift, there is one ghost she's hoping not to meet, which is obviously her brother's ghost, of course. And this is a uh, real-time 3D-style adventure game, third-person, only available on PC. And again, Intriguing plot, intriguing uh, background. The Great War, of course, is it's not something uh, many people know a lot about. Um, many, many, many people got killed in that war. It was supposed to be the war to end all wars. Well, that failed spectacularly. And the style is also a bit rotoscoped, um, and it, it, it looks intriguing. I, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, checking this one out. Yes, no, I just see that it looks... Uh... It, it looks very, very interesting that um, we we don't get enough adventure games, I think, set during either World Wars, but we're getting more adventure games made during, because most of, most games that uh, that deal with war are usually first-person shooters. Um, yeah. You know, with uh, before I think Call of Duty and Medal of Honor, which I used to play, and Battlefield, which are great games. You know, I'm certainly not this. You know, I played them before, and they are great, but you know, I, I think there is so much potential to tell great stories as well within these, uh, with you know, within World War One, World War Two, as you mentioned. Uh, there are more games, more adventure games made set during either both uh, World Wars. A few years ago, there was a game Valiant Hearts, which I haven't played, but I believe it won some awards as well. And I think it might have been a side scrolling, or I may be wrong about that, but it's it looked from what I remember, it looked very, very interesting. We played, I believe, it's three characters and a dog during the World War with different stories. 
And uh, and then even last year in 2018, I believe there were two adventure games released. There was 1942 Attentats, which was a Czech game, which was um, an FMV style game where you speak to survivors of the war and I believe you to find out what happened in the concentration camp. Oh. And so something like that. I haven't played it, but I, I, I bought it. I intend on playing it. And then the other game I remember is Memories. I believe it's 11 11 or Memories Untold 11 11. Again, set during the First World War with some very interesting looking graphics with, you know, kind of, I believe it's rotoscope as well, like this. But this game is within Whispers. The fall, so it it looks it looks really good as well. Uh, very... Yeah, I especially like the rot- the rotoscope bit, you know, where it's not just three D. Um, they look yes. like uh, um, comic book, like straight out of a, out of European comic book uh, pages. Yes, yes, uh, the, I believe it's inspired by comic books. And, yeah, would, uh, would not be surprised by that. Yeah. So, uh, so, so yes, yeah, so I'm just reading on, on Steam that it's uh, you go through, so you go through peaceful European countryside and terrifying devastations at the same time. So it's not all during, you know, not all about the war itself, but uh, it's, it's a unique narrative-driven point-and-click adventure game. So yes, so yeah, no, that certainly looks looks like that's uh, a game to uh, ch- uh, check out. Do, do we have a release date for this game? Do you know or it only says it only says digital March 2019, so it could drop tomorrow. It couldn't. It can drop in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, sure. Or they, or they might delay, but hopefully it'll be in March. It looks really nice as well. So, and that's by Thorium Studios, as you mentioned. Okay, so another game that I wanted to talk about is We the Revolution by Poly Slash. Uh, now. This game looks interesting for a number of reasons. So in this game, you play as a judge of the Revolutionary Tribunal during the French Revolution. And you need to preside over complicated cases of ordinary citizens, dangerous criminals, and enemies of the revolutionaries. So you need to make judgments, plot political intrigue, and try not to lose your own head. So uh, yeah. it's, it's from what I could tell, it's, it's now that could be wrong of it, but it seems to be a combination of Phoenix Wright for Nintendo DS and Papers, Please. That it's multiple genres. It's uh, so what the developers say is that as well as presiding, you know, making you know decisions on who will live, who will die, so who do you send to the guillotine, that you also need to question, you know, run your own courtroom, you question witnesses, you analyze clues and evidence, read reports and pass sentences. So you know, really like you're a judge back in the time. And then, of course, there are consequences to your decisions. So you make friends and enemies of different rival factions vying for power, and you make them your associates, or you can make them disappear. So if uh, there's somebody maybe giving you a hard time, you can sentence them to the guillotine. (laughs) You have case building, entry crafting, and turn-based tactics, which I find intriguing. I'm not too sure how they do that, but also it's a very unique visual style as well, kind of like a comic book as well from what i can see and interestingly enough as well uh what you do is believe at the end of every case or every day you go home where to your family and sometimes your choices might have consequences with them as well because they might not agree with your decision so you know how if you know if you go home and your your wife or your husband or partner might say so how was your day oh 
I sent 23 people to the guillotine, including your brother. So <laughs> that's uh, oh dear. <laughs> that might have some consequences with them as well. So the developer is uh, Poly slash, yeah, Poly slash, and uh, this game is set to be released on the 21st of March. So again, a few weeks starting from this episode, and it's called We Full Stop the Revolution. Uh, so it. That's, again, I know I keep saying this, but really intriguing, really interesting. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, it's what we to keep an eye out on. And do you have any other games you'd like to talk about? Yes, I have two detective games. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, one is a, a, a psychological game called Death of Erin Myers. Um, it says, like, Erin Myers was a cop, now she's dead. But how did she die? <laughs> and why did she die? Find out as you step back in time and play through some of the most important moments of her life. Uncover her fears, her desires, and her darkest secrets. In the end, you can't save her, but maybe, just maybe, you can understand her. So that's, okay. again, a, a very intriguing setup. The um, It says here that it, it, it's, it plays like a slideshow, so I assume you pop in to certain um, moments of her life to play them out or make make certain decisions for her or uh, help her in some way. Uh, they make it clear that you can't prevent her getting killed, but um, you're unraveling the mystery of who is Aaron Myers. And also this um, this art, art style looks a bit like uh, European comic books. Uh, and the whole, the whole idea of this sounds fascinating. You know? Yeah. Um, for forget yes. about the outcome. We know how it ends, but how how is the road to that ending? It's really uh, really a fascinating uh, fascinating concept, and it's uh, supposed to come out in the first quarter of uh, 2019. So it, I, I think either this month or next month. It's not a specific date mentioned, and the uh, developer and uh, publisher is Viperante. Mm-hmm. I think I pronounced it that way. It will come out on PC, and the other one. And we're going back uh, in, uh, way back in time now. Is a Detective Die or D, the Silk Road? Oh Rangers. yes. Yeah, and now we go back to uh, the seventh century to China, where the first and only Empress of China, Wu Zishan, uh, rised to power. And uh, within months of her ascension to the throne, murmurs of discontent and revolution swell as detractors and enemies begin plotting against her. Newly appointed investigating magistrate Dai Renji must overcome his own inner demons and his allegiance to the previous emperor in order to solve a series of gruesome murders that lead him on a collision course with the imperial court and the empress herself. Now, this is um, um, pixel art. This is uh, uh, 2D uh, pixel art. Point and click third person. And um, who wouldn't want to go back to seventh the 7th century China and, and walk around in all that opulence and, and solve murders. I've been yeah. keeping an eye on this game. I saw um, a gameplay video by Ken Gamewalker, who does a lot of videos for adventure games. It looks really, really good. It it looks fascinating. It's the setting, the, um, the, 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 the game itself, that, you know, again, detective game set in ancient China. Yeah. I, I don't know of any other game. It's, it's like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds a bit like Sherlock Holmes in ancient China. Exactly, and, uh, and, and you know, again, who, who wouldn't want to play that? It's... Yeah, 
again a well, setting and a period that is not touched upon in many games uh, especially not in adventure games so mm-hmm. looking looking forward to uh, traveling uh, back to the 17th to the 7th century and uh, see uh, if we can solve these uh, these gruesome murders uh, the game is developed and released by Nupixo games uh, on Mac and PC and uh, yeah hopefully it uh, it says it it drops in March so well, we'll see hopefully not yeah, no we'll I've see. been I said the graphics look really good as well it looks, you know, 2D yeah. retro again, but uh, but again, it seems right up my alley. That's um, and again, a very unique time period and setting. So, because I'd, I'd love to know, uh, you know, how they lived back then, and you know, again, I imagine the consequences might be a bit more severe than now that they don't have the modern technology we have now. So, how you go about investigating yeah, and, uh, in that game, court so, intrigues, of course, and diplomacy. Yes. And- Everything that comes with it, yeah. Looking, looking forward to this one. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward. So that's Detective DDI and the Silk Rose Murders. So, okay, so then the final game from my end is uh, is a game called Terror in the Atomic Desert by Tension Splice, and it's set to be released on March 14th. Now, this game, from what I've seen, I don't think it's taking itself too seriously. I may be wrong, but it's um, it was a first-person horror puzzle game that is an homage to 1950s and 1960s B movies, so monster movies. Nice. Uh, so and you know, again, you can see the graphics look okay. Actually, it's a, fir- it's a first-person game, so you move around in first-person. The graphics kind of look modern, you know, like you know from there. But then, the way that the monsters walk. It's it's actually very funny. It's it's the way the monsters walk in those movies. So it's it intentionally looks low budget, you know, like uh, a man in the mask. So guy in the suit. Exactly, guy in the suit. And they seem to be having a lot of fun with that. So the the story from the Steam page is that it's as the, what they say, it's it explodes this game explodes onto your computer screen in this homage to so bad it's bad creature flicks. Your trip down Route 66 quickly turns into a nightmare. As local tales of a deadly race of radioactive beast men turn out to be more fact than myth. You need to match wits with huh. the evil Dr. Arcturus as you race to put a stop to his dastardly experiments. Will you have what it takes to stop Earth from falling into the fiendish clutches of the saucer men from outer space? Okay. Uh, so the choice is yours in Terror of the Atomic Desert. So you solve puzzles, evade monsters, and match wits with local characters. As uh, The choices you make will lead to one of the many possible endings. So again, as one of the... Uh, I believe that most of the games that I've chosen do have multiple choices. <laughs> that seems to be a, a thing going. So uh, they... You, what the, the key features the developers mention are you explore either on foot or by car. And I don't know too many adventure games where you get to go in cars, so it's usually by foot, but you have a choice here. You cover lore and interact with local characters. As I mentioned, it's a plot inspired by 1950s monster movies. And the developers say it's the first game ever to be presented in Terror Amavision. Whatever that is. They don't explain <laughs> what that is, but it's in capital letters. So it must be important. But I've seen the screenshot. I've seen the, the, the trailers. I have no idea how it's going to be. Um, but, it again, it looks intriguing because I, I, I want to see 
just how it turns out. Uh, I again, I hope it's good. I hope the developers do a good job with this game. Uh, so it is by Tension Splice, and it is available on the 14th of March, 2019. So next week, then, from this episode. And again, nice. that is Terror in the Atomic Desert. So do you have any other games, or is that is that it, then, from, from your I have, uh, I have two last ones yeah, um, go ahead. I would like to mention. Uh, two, go ahead. Uh, two games that are both in uh, uh, real-time 3D, uh, stylized. Uh, one is a science fiction game called Unlucky Seven. Uh, six prisoners sentenced for life and one android are promised freedom in exchange for exploring the unknown regions of space. This chance of a lifetime for the Lucky Seven doesn't last long, though. Upon arriving on an alien planet, they find an entrance to a strange base, seemingly lifeless and abandoned. Soon they are trapped inside, forced to fight for their life and searching for a way back home. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, again, a uh, uh, a premise I um, I can really dig into. Um, the, uh, the the characters look weird, uh, like more <laughs> like um, uh, humanized humanized animals. Um, yes. I see here one screenshot where they're like disco dancing and sitting around a fire, and uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm in I'm, yeah. It, this this one got my attention. I always like. Uh, uh, like sci-fi and this one has a, a very curious mix of this real-time 3d but also uh, the feel of uh of pixel art so yeah let's oh, see cool. what this uh, what this will bring the other one as i said was also a, a real-time uh, 3d game but this one is completely different it's dance of death du luck and fey and for this one we go back to 19 to 1888 uh, we've been there before because the ripper stalks the london streets but oh. uh, this this time we have Arthurian immortal Sir Lancelot du Lac and Morgana le Fay, who are on the case and they are trying to uh, stop uh, the world's of the history's most infamous murderer and save London while they're doing it. Yeah, we, so we we got Arthurian legendary characters uh, walking <laughs> around in 1888 London, trying to solve Jack the Ripper murder. How can you, how can you not want to play that? It looks very intriguing. It's uh, well, so many so many games. It's <laughs> yeah. And it, um, and it so, seems like uh, in this one, a dog also plays an important role because I see this dog return in many screenshots here. So yes, I I, I see that because I get that animals seem to be in a lot of adventure games recently. As you mentioned, the previous game on Lucky Seven, and there are a few other games that uh, there was a Kickstarter for two games at the time of recording. There was Lord Winklebottom Investigate, where you play as a giraffe. Yes. Uh, that's on Kickstarter, which I mentioned last episode. But again, if you haven't checked it out, I would definitely recommend you do it on Kickstarter. And so you play as a giraffe in a murder mystery inspired by Sherlock Holmes and Agatha Christie. And yeah. you need to make sure you don't eat the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, those are also timeless, uh, timeless settings, you know, Sherlock Holmes, Agatha Christie, oh, but all, uh, uh, in this case, Jack the Ripper. I mean, um, it, it's the mysteries that that still fascinate us hundreds exactly. of years. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure if, if in a hundred years we're making, still making adventure games, and I really hope we do, then uh, Jack the Ripper will still be fascinating and ti the Titanic will still be returning games, stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I wanted to say, well, Unlucky 7 is uh, developed by Playway and uh, released by Puzzling Dreams, and it will uh, release um, either this month or next month on Mac, PC, and Linux. And uh, Dance of Death, uh, Du Luck and Faye is um, uh, developed and released by Salix Games and will go on PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. So you see more and more adventure games dropping on consoles as well, which I 
I'm 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 really a fan of because console players need to be able to play adventure games too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the more consoles the better, and I believe it's Nintendo Switch that more adventure games are going there as well. Um, yeah. That are, I think I, I believe the the more platforms that they're available on, the better. And um, and that reminds me of Quantic Dreams, you know, who made the Detroit Become Human. That previously the last few games were available just on PlayStation. But now they have a uh, deal with the Chinese company. Again, I mentioned this in a previous episode, but now the future games, I believe, will be released on different platforms. So I'm delighted. I played their, like, one of the games called Fahrenheit or Indigo Prophecy, depending on where you are. And while I did have some issues with the storytelling, I, I overall really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do as well. So, uh, so, so yeah, so that that is it then. So that's... Um, all the games that we're looking forward to now. As I mentioned before, there are other games probably being released in quarter one that we haven't mentioned, that maybe are not on our radar or we have not had a chance to talk about. There's one final game I wanted to give just a shout out to that I that I believe uh, is just being released, or at least a demo of it is being released. Uh, it's called Backbone Prologue. Now, mm-hmm. this is a game... That is again. It's you star as an animal, so <laughs> you play as a raccoon private eye uh, oh, cool. called Howard Lothar. It's a noir-inspired detective adventure. You need to sniff out clues, collect evidence, interrogate witnesses, and explore the beautifully rendered 2.5D pixel art environments of dystopian Vancouver. So I've always wanted to go oh. to Vancouver. This is so far the closest I will get, even if it is dystopian. And even if it's just populated by humanoid animals. It's, uh, but again, the graphics <laughs> look really interesting. Now, I am cheating a little bit because the full game won't be released until later in 2019. But the demo will be available, I believe, very. it says coming soon. But I believe they mentioned in March. So that is a game I'm really looking forward to. And I look forward to trying out the demo. Uh, so yeah. that is developed by Egnut. And... Um, and yeah, so that that is it then. I think we've covered a lot of games. Um, so we will cover more games in the in the future. So uh, I believe uh, next next time we can we can look ahead to since this is the end of coming up to the end of March. Then the next time next episode we can do two weeks. Uh, we can do look ahead to quarter two then uh, for you know any games or in. Uh, games in April or May. I'm making this up as I go along. <laughs> and, uh, and everyone thinks there that are I'm... so many games coming out. There's so many games coming out. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, so yes, yeah, so if developers can delay release of some games to give us a chance to go through our, our back catalog, that'll be very nice as well. But yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's a great it's a great problem to have. The more adventure games I think more, that are, are released, the better. The more different types of games. So I, it, I love how people are experimenting with uh, with different yes. uh, different elements from other genres and putting them into uh, into adventure games, like you mentioned with real real time adventure game. Wow, I've no clue how that's supposed to work, but apparently it's going <laughs> to work. And if we get if if by that we get unique games like Return of the Oberdin, mm-hmm. uh, that is only to be applauded. You know, let's let's experiment. Let's let's make our favorite genre even, even better. Yeah, no, we have different types of adventure games, you know, 2D, 2.5D, retro, 3D, and FMV. Yeah, side-scrolling. 
yeah, side-scrolling now. And um, one thing I've noticed is the writing seems to be really good, that the developers seem to be taking their time to at least make good stories. And um, that because I can't, you know, just the stories have been, you know, incredible and uh, the games themselves. So I'm really looking forward to what's coming ahead and to try to make time to <laughs> to to play these games. And, and yeah, so I think we've covered everything. So uh, before we leave it then, uh, Tomas, is there anything you'd like to mention that uh, you haven't mentioned in this episode? No, I hope next time I get to uh, update uh, update you on my uh, Mages initiation. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have a feeling that, uh, that I'm going to be spending uh, a lot more hours in that game. Um, and who knows what else is uh, is coming up? Uh, my the latest humble bundle gave me uh, some new adventure games, so I think I might have to take a month off just to catch up with a couple of games. <laughs> oh, t- tell me about it. But what, one thing that I've that I've noticed that 2018 was a really good year, and it it was with the established developers, you know, like Dave Gilbert of Wajedi, Francisco Gonzalez, Lucas Pope with Returnity, Obradin, and we had David Cage of Quantic Dream, as I mentioned. With uh, Detroit Become Human, we had Laurie and Corey Cole make uh, release Hero U, Rogue to Redemption, and we had uh, a new Legion Suit Larry game come out last year. But this year, while while many many of the developers, there might be first time developers, the games still look really really interesting. And there are so many games, but all the games that we've talked about, they they all look, at least at first glance, they look really good. They look like labors of love. They look like they're games that yeah. developers are spending a lot of time on so they don't seem to be rushed because i know before some games might but these games the developers seem to be taking their time which is really good to see so i can't wait to see how these games and other games turn out so i say we have to take a month or two off work if <laughs> if, uh, if that's so if that's what it takes you know just give <laughs> us some give us more stories uh, give us new uh, new vistas to see give us new uh, places to visit give us new stories to new histories to find out uh, just just come at it I mean if the story is good the rest will come will come as well so yeah yeah bring it bring definitely. it yeah I concur so okay well that is it for this week. So uh, next week, I'll be back for episode eight with two very special guests, which you will want to hear. Um, But uh, for this week, uh, thank you very much, Tomas. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Will do, Sersha. You have a great time over there in Dublin. Thank you, and same for you in in Galway. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps, and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at AdventGamePod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a adventure game developer or a adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it. And you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com. So until next time, thank you.